Hi everybody, and welcome to the Paranormal Pub Table, where we talk about the paranormal at a pub table. Now this week's question of the week is, how do I become a ghost hunter? Mm -hmm. I have to say this is a question that I get posed uh, with just about every single podcast, right. everything that I've ever been interviewed for, anyone yeah. that's ever asked me questions yeah. has asked me this. How do I become a ghost hunter? Right. Now, I got to say, this is it's quite an interesting question because mm -hmm. it's not like a normal job. That's true. It's not like something that you can just go fill out an application to Absolutely. a company and become a ghost hunter. Yeah. But on the other on the, on the other hand, in a sense, it kind of is. Sort of. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> now, I'll, I'll start this question uh, mm -hmm. with the response with how did I get into paranormal investigating? Yes. Okay. Now with me, it's been something that's always been a passion. I've always been interested in the unknown, right. uh, the unexplained ghosts, legends, and lore. Mm -hmm. And as soon as I was old enough to drive, uh, I grew up near a place that was very haunted known as the Brandywine Valley. Mm -hmm. And for some reason, without me even knowing that this place was haunted, uh, I automatically felt drawn to it. Right. Because it had these dark, windy roads that seemed to curve right. endlessly into the night. And you could get lost on these roads. Right. We would spend all night driving along these roads. Mm -hmm. And we had our share of strange experiences along yeah. these roads. Yeah. And soon came to, found out, to find out that there were quite a few urban legends associated with these roads right. quite a few haunted places up there and it was like this almost called to me mm -hmm. you know it almost called to me so it was the type of thing where i started out with driving along these dark haunted roads exploring these urban legends mm -hmm. and seeking out more haunted places along the way right and i never really considered Becoming what's called a ghost hunter. Exactly. I yes. just kind of naturally fell into fell it. Fell into it, yeah. And it wasn't until I was in the Air Force and I was set up to deploy. And we were in deployment training, pre-deployment training uh, mm -hmm. down in Georgia. And I met this guy, Scott. And many of you may know Scott. Uh, he's been in yeah, several been of our videos. Our yep, he's yeah. been in several of our videos. Uh, and he said... Me and him started talking, and he's like, you know, I've always been into urban legends and the paranormal and the unexplained. Mm -hmm. And I was like, no way, me too. <laughs> so he said, yeah. you know what, I used to be with this team. We had a team up in Whiteman, Missouri, where we used to go out and look into just anomalies and stuff like that. They right. didn't do anything serious, just kind of went out. And he said yeah. there was this, this light in this cemetery, this one headstone that would light up. Ooh. And no one could explain it. And they were actually to go, able to go out there and debunk it. Oh, really? And th and that's where I first that's heard cool. the idea of a team. Yeah. And I, I t started talking to him, and I was like, we should start a team. Yeah. We should get together, get some other people that are interested, and we should go out and explore haunted places. Right, right. And if I'm not mistaken, you were doing this at a time when there weren't a whole lot of other paranormal teams out there. Like, you know, you were able to get certain, like, names on social media 
right. that um, you know you wouldn't normally be able to get nowadays. Hence Virginia Paranormal Investigations, yes. right? Yes. Who that would be gone nowadays, right? I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but nobody would have that. But yeah, so we took that name and we went out and we, and we just started out. When you start out with with getting into ghost hunting. Mm-hmm. It starts out slow. Like you just it look does. for stuff that you can go out to. Urban legends, haunted yeah. places that you can go to for free. Right. You can go to, you can explore, you can practice your methods. And we did a lot of research on methods that people have used. Right. Uh, on theories of paranormal investigation and paranormal yes. activity. And we kind of looked at these theories and analyzed them. Are these legit? Right. Are these things that these people are saying, are, are they things that should be practiced? Right. Um, but we went out to these places, and for quite a few years, we were just going out to haunted places. Mm-hmm. And after putting out some videos and some pictures and stuff like that, that's when people started contacting us to come out and investigate their homes. Hey, right. we have some strange, and we never really thought about us doing that. We never really even got into it no. thinking, hey, we'll get into this and we'll go out and explore people's houses. Yeah, you don't think about that. You right. Don't, you really don't think about that. Um, I, I'd say for me it was a little more of a sudden thing, mm-hmm. you know. Um, you know, I'd always been interested in the paranormal and interested in history. But for me it was sort of like a, like I have to attribute this to Matt Birch, um, this guy in, <clears throat> excuse me, in the Marine Corps, who said... I've always had paranormal activity following me for many, many years. I can take you out to a location in Yorktown where I can find the paranormal. And we were like intrigued by this, you know, and that's kind of what got us out there. But you don't really expect at that time that that's going to be something that's going to lead you into what we were doing nowadays by any means. I mean, you think you're just going out to have fun, something that's going to be something that you do on a Friday or Saturday night. Um, I was not one of the people who was out there partying, you know, like a lot Mm -hmm. of other kids. Um, I was kind of out sort of just venturing into the night. And Lord knows, you know, I like had no idea that this would end up in the same place where you have ended up sort of in this paranormal realm. Right. And it's interesting that you mentioned that because I remember... Uh, when Scott and I, we were down in a place called Valdosta, Georgia, which may, some of you Valdosta, may have heard of. yeah. And, uh, you know, a lot of the people wanted to go out and drink. Mm-hmm. There was a place down there, I believe it was called the Rockin' Rodeo, if my memory serves me correctly. The Rockin' Rodeo. The Rockin' Rodeo, <laughs> uh, which didn't sound like a very appealing place. <clears throat> no. <laughs> so we quickly volunteered to be the designated drivers. Why? Right. Because as the designated drivers... We could drive the vans, drop them off, and then have the vans for the rest of the night. Oh. And guess where we took these vans? We took them out to a place called Spook Bridge. Spook Bridge. Spook Bridge. And this was a, a, you know, a two-lane highway that Mm. came to a dead end. Right. And you walk down past this dirt berm, and there's this old bridge that crosses a waterway, an old concrete bridge. and. There were holes in the bridge and bushes growing up in it and everything yeah. else. But legend had it that a bus drove off the bridge. Full and of school children yes, and they died. and the bridge was yes, still haunted. Yes, like typical mm-hmm. story, yes. Absolutely. Yeah. So the bridge was still haunted. So we had plenty of opportunity to explore that. Cool. Uh, while we were down there, which was cool. It was interesting getting out yeah. there and doing that. But, um, you know, one thing I got to say, though, is is with this, 
it's interesting how this passion kind of led to being able to help people. Right. Because with people calling us into our homes, and I have to say right up front, there's no charge for this. We don't make no. any money off of going into people's houses. Um, a lot of them are kept private. Right. So we don't even release anything. No pictures, no video, nothing from these. Just yes. purely uh, being able to help these people. But we found that there were people that were really in need. Yeah. And people would not give them answers. They reached out to their local churches. They reached That's out right. to priests. Several different people to come into their um, house. Absolutely. No one would help them. So yeah. we, we were there to do that. Uh, and, yeah. and that became very satisfying that we were able to use this passion to actually go out and help people. Right. Because there's been a great many people who have called us, even if they have been able to get a hold of a priest Mm-hmm. or a pastor from a local church who would come out and, and actually bless their home. There were a lot of people who would call us because the blessing that the preacher or the pastor did, did actually didn't, it wasn't effective. Right. You know, right. it wasn't something that was long lasting or that was, um, you know, like really helped for them. Right. And we would be called out after that. And, um, and, and that's what it is. It's actually being able to help people, being able yeah. to help people find um, some more permanent solution, I guess, to their problems. Now, now, I told how I kind of fell into ghost hunting. Right. How did you go from your previous life mm-hmm. into being this Virginia-renowned ghost hunter? Well, I have to say that Part of it had to do with this guy, Matt Birch. Uh, Matt Birch was a crazy son of a bitch. He was just one of these guys that was just, um, you know, really eccentric. He was from northern Georgia, from Atlanta. And um, he was in the Marine Corps, and he would walk into the mess hall buck naked. Um, you know, just one of those guys that was just crazy. And... Um, You know, I was dating a guy at the time named Tim who was from Butler, Pennsylvania, and he was best friends with Matt Birch, and Matt Birch claimed that he could find things that were paranormal, um, sort of that he could, he said that something followed him home from a graveyard when Mm -hmm. he was about 16, right? And he described the way it created this sort of blue electric lightning sort of effect in his house, in his bedroom. Um, when he came home and he claimed that from that moment on that he could sense where the paranormal could be and of course being skeptical as we are you know we we said hey you know like yeah right you know like take us out to where the paranormal is so he drove us up the colonial parkway um this was in the midst of the colonial parkway serial murders yes okay And at the time, um, you know, I knew that this was not safe, but being that you're with two Marines, you know, you're with guys that can kill people with their pinky finger. Right. I mean, that's what goes into Serial killers got nothing on them. Right, right. (laughs) So I'm like, all right, I'm okay, right? Um, We get out to this place, and I have to say that it didn't matter how well they were trained in killing people with their pinky fingers Mm. i was scared to death like when we went down this sort of dirt road off of the colonial parkway it was it was um gated off with a little bit of a chain across the road it may have been a waterworks road or one of those sort of roads um 
you know, there were footsteps in the leaves. It was in the middle of uh, December. It was cold outside. There was fallen leaves on the ground. There were footsteps in the leaves behind, beside us. Every step we took, right. you would hear other another set of footprints besides you. Um, you know, it was just all kinds of crazy stuff that were happening at this time. And, um, you know, even growling. Like, you know, I, I decided at one point I'd had enough. And I was going to stay in the car and wait for these guys. And and this guy, Matt, said, hey, I've got to go out and find out what this light in the woods was. It looked like a fire in the woods. And I had told him at the time, I said, I don't want to walk up on any Satan worshipers. And mm -hmm. anybody doing right. some crazy stuff out in the middle of the woods, right? So I was like, I'm going to wait in the car. And they took off about 15 feet down the road and they hadn't gotten any further than that before they heard something growling at them from the road, uh, the dirt road beside the dirt road. And they came hauling back to the car and we went to another location, uh, which happened to be the, um, the digs location, right? The, the digs mm -hmm. plantation home. And we went back there Again, the same sort of thing, you know, things following them through the woods. But there was this whole night of just crazy things that happened. And after that, not a whole lot happened, um, you know, but there was a point in my life where I had sort of a major change of, of you know, just like a giant change in life. And, and something happened that all of a sudden this house that I lived in for 15 years, nothing happened in. All of a sudden, some crazy stuff started happening. And, um, you know, even when I left the house, some crazy stuff would happen. And I said to myself, okay, this is the point right in my life where I'm going to seek out a paranormal team. And your team was the first one. The videos that came up, the first videos that came up were your team. Hmm. And it was some kind of crazy... Like, you know, I I don't know what you were auditioning for some ah, sort of surviving the paranormal. Yeah. Which is another story. And I saw the sense of humor and I said, That's the team I want to join. Mm -hmm. You know, because they have my type of sense of humor, kind of that dry, like weird sense of humor. And I was like, This is the team I've got to join and I I messaged you that night or I emailed you mm -hmm. and you said, As a matter of fact, we're looking for people on the team right now. And it wasn't a couple of weeks before I joined the team. There you have it. So, yeah. so there's two ways uh, to yeah. ultimately answer this question. How do I become a ghost hunter? Right. One, uh, and, and which is a good option, is you can do what Linda did. You can seek out a team that's established. Right. And... See area. if they will take people on. Yeah. We do all the time. We, we, we have people fill out a, an yeah. application and we do an interview with them and mm -hmm. we bring them on. We like to give everybody a chance. We do. Uh, so the benefit in doing that is with you're with an established team, you're getting cases. Yes. Because if you're with an established team, you're already getting residential cases. Right. You're getting plenty right. of opportunities to get experience right. in the field, which is cool. So you can always put out an application. The downside of that is you got to kind of go with what the team's methods are. Right. Uh, there's somewhat of a hierarchy on the team. And, and if they don't Absolutely. really, you know, want to go with your methods or, you know, your yeah. your way of doing things, then you're kind of forced to go with the flow. Right. Uh, right. Fortunately, us, we're, we like to take new ideas and try new things and try different methods. We do. But um, 
the other option is to start on your own. Yes. And to start on your own, people say, well, wow, I need so much equipment, so much money to invest in this. You really don't. Um, if right. you think about it, a lot of us just started out ghost hunting uh, with our own eyes. Amateur, yes. And with our own ears. Yeah. And we get cameras and we take them out there and try to get a picture of something. Right. A digital voice recorder is good to try to get some audio. Right. If you have a, you don't need anything other than your own eyes and ears if you're going out for yourself. But it depends right. on what you got to ask yourself what your mission is. If you're going out to prove the existence of paranormal, then yeah, you're going to need some things. If you're I, going out absolutely. to prove the existence of ghosts, yeah. uh, you're going to need some things. But if you're not, if you're going out for yourself just to see what's out there and try to capture some. A little bit of evidence. A camera's good for that. Right. Video camera, still camera, yeah, and a digital, digital voice, voice recorder. recorder. You yes. know, those three things, but at the very least, your own eyes mm. and ears yeah. to go out there in the dark. Yeah. And you start doing your own thing, and things can kind of snowball from there like they yes. did for me. They really can. Uh, so it depends on what level you want to start at. Do you want to start at just exploring your own methods and exploring your own places yeah. and kind of building from there? Or do you want to get in hard and heavy and kind of get with an established team and get in there and start right. taking cases and, and getting to see a lot of stuff? Yeah. Now, I have to say that um, uh, the big difference with a lot of paranormal teams and ours is that a lot of teams get out there because they want to experience the, um, the scare or the thrill of it that's involved, right? Mm -hmm. um, you know, our team sort of focuses on how we can help people. And that's the reason why most of the investigations that we do are the residential investigations. A lot of teams actually do the commercial investigations. They're the ones that want to go to the insane asylums, the Waverly Hills and, you know, the penitentiaries and all this. And they don't even do, they don't even bother doing the residential investigations, partly because they believe that is too, uh, too much involved, you know, because you get called up by this person that says that somebody is smacking their ass in the middle of the night, right? Mm -hmm. And you're like, hey, do I believe that this person is crazy? Or do I believe that they have something paranormal going on, right? We are sort of the sort that believe that anything can be paranormal. You Absolutely. Know? I mean, even if it's the wildest, craziest sort of report yeah. that we get you know it still could be paranormal it could be in either way yes. with that case with a case like that uh either way it's gonna make for quite a time it is so quite i'm taking that case you can bet i'm taking <laughs> yeah. that case okay now yeah. uh in, in kind of rolling up with our question of the day right ghost hunter a lot of people in the paranormal community have a problem with that term to right. say, I'm not a ghost hunter, I'm a paranormal investigator. Paranormal investigator. I have no problem with the term ghost hunter. Right. Uh, I've done some research, of course, in Harry Price, way, way back in the 30s. Yes. Uh, he was one of the persons that coined that phrase, right. ghost hunter. Harry okay? Price is awesome. People say, well, I'm not out there shooting the ghosts. Okay, yeah. if I'm hunting treasure, I'm not out shooting the treasure. <laughs> right. All right? You know what I mean? I'm out yeah. looking for treasure. Yeah, if I'm a right treasure there. hunter, I'm looking for treasure. If I'm a ghost hunter, I'm looking right. for ghosts. Yes. Uh, paranormal investigator is the official term. Yes. But, hey, if you call us ghost hunters, 
I don't have any problem with that, but I don't take Absolutely. offense to a lot. Yeah. You know what I, I mean? mean? You know, I've heard people say before that I'm a not a maintenance technician. I'm a, you know, like, you know, they come up with some fancy name for it. Right. And it's not necessarily. Let's not fancy They're trying to make here. themselves sound more fancy than they actually right. are. Right. I'm you a know? paranormal investigator. Right. I am, right. but I'm yeah. also a ghost hunter because I'm, I'm out there looking for ghosts. Yeah, I'm looking for ghosts. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but it is more than ghosts. You have to admit that That's it's the more thing than with us. Yes. Ghosts, well, it depends know? on the team because, and that's another thing to consider. What mm-hmm. are you looking to find? Because yes. we're we're parano- we're Virginia Paranormal Investigations, and a lot of people don't realize because the majority of our reports involve spirits. Spirits. Yeah. But we're we we've taken yeah. cases that involve UFOs and extraterrestrials. Right. We've yeah. taken cases that cryptids involve cryptids and all kinds of crazy uh, stuff. You yeah. name it. So anything that's just unexplained, we take. Now, right. somebody that's specifically ghost hunters. They're probably just out looking for ghosts. Right, absolutely, so. because that's what their focus is, and and it's absolutely fine if that's what your focus is going to be. Mm-hmm. You know, you have to establish at the beginning what you were out to look for. You know, right, and um, you know if you're out to look for the paranormal in general, you have to accept that maybe there's things that are physical that are out there. You know, that maybe, um, you know, not something that science can explain. Uh, you know, such as such as Bigfoot, you know, right. I mean, that's probably the most dog man, you know, that's one of it's two mm-hmm. of the most predominant ones right there. But a lot of people are out to um, understand and experience ghosts and, and that's perfectly fine as well. And, you know, I think there's a lot to be said for that. Like there's a lot of um, learning. There's a lot of open um, sort of field for that. Because people don't really um, fully understand everything is theory, right? Right. Uh, you have to understand everything is theory. There's mm-hmm. nothing that is, nobody can say they're an expert in the field. Nobody can say that they are, you know, they uh, fully understand everything. Some people will say that necessarily, but that's not true. Right. You know, um, right. because everything is theory. Yeah. And I will say, um, a lot of people will say, well, you're out to prove ghosts exist. We're not. No. We're out there to clearly yeah. in- investigate claims of paranormal activity right. and see if there's a natural explanation for it or not. Yeah. Now, in the comments, I'd love to hear from some of you uh, on our YouTube channel here. Yes. Uh, if you're watching, I'd like to see you comment below and tell us if you are a ghost hunter. Right. Okay. If you are a paranormal investigator. Right. Uh, and what... If, if you're not, or if you are, what brought you to the paranormal yes. field? Absolutely. I love to hear the stories. Love to hear them. I love to hear the stories because there's so many people out there who are into the paranormal nowadays and so many people who are willing to share their stories about what got them into the paranormal. And I think that's the most fascinating thing is the stories that you hear from individuals, just normal, everyday people. You know, mm-hmm. uh, I love that. That's Absolutely. the best thing. Yeah. Absolutely. Now, uh, continuing on with our podcast here, a lot of uh-huh. you may or may not know. Um, the first part of this, the portion of this podcast is broadcast on our YouTube channel as right. the question of the week. And yes. we like to encourage our viewers to kind of respond to that. And we try to interact with them in the comments if we can. Uh-huh. Uh, YouTube.com slash Virginia Paranormal is our YouTube channel. Yes. And this is where we post a lot of our videos, all of our videos, I guess. And uh-huh. let's talk a little bit about 
the difference between what you see on TV and what you see on real life. I think right. this is an interesting topic because a lot of people will watch these shows on TV and they'll expect that to be what they're going to experience on a one-night investigation out with our team. Right. I, I would say that's the major problem with bringing in people um, into our group. Um, we have a lot of people that we tr that want to join our group and want to be a part of it. And they believe that if they come out with us for a few nights, they're going to experience something like what they see on, let's say, Ghost Adventures. And uh, it's just not that way. I have to say that it's so far different from what you see on Ghost Adventures. Everything on TV, you have to understand, is made for entertainment, okay? It's made for the entertainment value of it. We are not out for entertainment necessarily. The things that we post on podcasts, the things that we post on YouTube and videos of any sort that we produce, um, no matter what the social media outlet, is not necessarily being produced for entertainment value. It's being produced more for the, um, you know, the truth of it, the intrinsic value of what we have we have created. It's it's to show people what it's truly like, and people don't necessarily understand that. It's they think they're going to go out and experience something amazing within the first two or three nights of investigating the paranormal. You may wait ten nights. You may wait fifteen nights of investigating the paranormal before you actually see or experience something that seems to be something that science can't explain. Right. Absolutely. And, and that's the thing. What, what we do is called the Virginia Paranormal Case Files. Mm -hmm. This is a series that we do. And uh, a lot of people uh, come to the channel mistaking. They think that we're producing this for entertainment. Right. They think that we're producing this as a TV show. And we're, you know, doing it in that fashion. Mm -hmm. uh, we're not. We're doing these videos because they're raw, real paranormal investigations. Yes. And I'll be honest, some of them may not be the most entertaining. Right. But what we're, our goal is to do is to show people what we do. To show people what we're about, what a real paranormal investigation is like. That's right. And it's not always finding evidence. It's not always... You know, we're not out there to prove or disprove anything. We're out there to yes. investigate. And what we want to do is bring people the reports from around the state of Virginia and the surrounding states. Yeah. Uh, this this does a couple of things. For one, we're glad to share our adventures because we love right. doing it. We love putting these videos together because we like to look back on them ourselves. To us, they're kind of like home movies, like right. memories that right. we're preserving. Yeah. Uh, but at the same yeah. time, the fact that people took interest in these mm -hmm. uh, is great because we love that people share in our interest. And we like to be able to show people that you're not alone. Right. When somebody, because so many people we talk to on the phone and they say, I don't want to say anything about this because I'm going to sound crazy. I don't yeah. know who to talk to about yeah. this. The more people see that others are like them, others are in their same boat. Right. The more they're going to be willing to come forward with their scenario yeah. and seek help with their scenario. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's just people that I feel 
the most sorry for, I would have to say, is that the people that feel like they're so isolated in what they're experiencing and things that they're experiencing are so far out of the norm for the um, group, for their social group, I have to say. Mm -hmm. um, you know, you can get into a social group where everybody belongs in the paranormal, like especially on social media nowadays. But when you're in your everyday life, you know, you you have bosses, you have, um, you know, friends, you have co-workers, these people that you don't necessarily know if they're going to <clears throat> sort of sort of believe what you say. You know, if something is is coming in and, you know, let's say jerking the the covers off of your bed at night or something simple like that, you know. Um, there's a lot of people that say, like, I don't know whether people are going to believe what I'm saying or not, but this yeah. is actually happening to me. They don't want to be committed. That's exactly right. And and they don't want people to think that they're crazy mm -hmm. by any means. And we're not one of those people, not the type of people that believe that anybody's crazy, right? Mm -hmm. um, you know, it's very rare that we say to ourselves, hey, these people are nuts, you know, right, right. like, you know, there's been some it does crazy happen. There's, reports. There's some people that are out there. there right. Are, mm -hmm. There really are. But um, we don't come in with that preconception, though. Right. Exactly. Um, you know, it's it's a sort of a rare thing that we say, hey, these people are absolutely crazy right from the start. Right. Um, we usually go to the investigation and investigate the home or investigate the apartment or whatever it is. And then we say, hey, they're crazy, right. you know. Um, but, um, you know, I feel sorry for these people. I really yeah. do. And that's part of what motivates me into doing what I do because um, these people call us up. And I know it's a little bit of a challenge trying to talk to these people on the telephone for hours at a time, right? Mm -hmm. These people call us up and they say, have I have something paranormal going on in my house. I need you to help me, right? Right. And we call them back, and they want to talk for three hours on the yeah. on the phone. That's you know, true. that's true because no but one will listen to them because no, they don't feel like they can talk to anybody else. That's right. Right? They don't feel like they have the open line of communication with anybody else in their in their realm of existence um you know they don't feel like they can talk to anybody mm -hmm. but then when you get a call back from somebody who is in the paranormal field and who does this on a regular basis um and jeff is usually the one unfortunately that calls him back and he stays on the phone for hours and hours and hours at a time that's right and he's like why am i doing this and i'm like because that's what we do you know we do we help people that's what and, we and, do. And to put it in a contrast, kind of, between the TV shows and what we do, uh, if you look at it like this, okay, and, and I say this from experience because I've, I've communicated quite frequently with certain production companies that were looking for cases for TV shows and I had some interaction with some of them. Uh, you have an investigation that's for a TV show. It's going to be at, they're going to very carefully pick the location. Right. It's got to meet certain parameters. Certainly. The story's got to be good enough. Yes. It's got to be good enough that it can build up an audience, that the that the writers of the show can write the story and make it interesting. Right. Got to be a large enough location. It's got to be a large enough location. Okay. And they're going to come there for a week. 
They're going to stay there for a week. They're going to investigate every night. And during the course of that week, you're going to have several people on the scene of this location. Okay. Right. And I say this because you're going to be there and you're going to see a shadow move by. Uh-huh. You're not going to know where all the other people are. You're not going to know if it's the producer that walked out the back door, one of the cameramen that walked by, yes. one of the other. There's literally no communication between who is where, but anything they can grab and say, this is evidence, this is something, yes. they're going to jump on it because that's entertainment right. value and that is ratings. Right. And I'll tell you, I've been in video production for some time. If, uh-huh. we, if we wanted to fake stuff, we could fake stuff and absolutely. we could probably have a million subscribers right yeah, now because I see all absolutely. these BS channels out there that have so many millions of subscribers. Oh, my gosh. And they have all <laughs> kinds of stuff happening or they're jumping at shadows yes. and stuff like that. Yeah. But we're not willing to do that. No. Uh, if we only have the 17,000 subscribers that we have on YouTube right now and never grow from that. Is it really 17,000? Uh, yeah. Wow, that's Nothing will ever bring us from that because right. it's not about that. It's about no. sincerity and it's about reputation. And and honesty. 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 And, and you'll in these investigations, honesty. you'll hear dogs barking. Right. You may hear people talking. You may hear TVs because we don't yeah. go in and dictate to these people what they're going to do. Right. We're guests in their houses. So when we go into their houses, um, you know, we'll tag whatever the noise is. We'll right. make sure we, we tag it so that we can know on the recording Absolutely. that's a person talking yes. or it's a TV if they turn it on or it's a dog barking. Yeah. But we can't tell them how to live their lives. Yeah. But another thing to consider is this, too. When a TV show goes into a location, they want the setting to be perfect, the atmosphere exactly. to be yes. creepy and eerie. Oh, sure. We want, yeah. the, we want the opposite. We ask the client first and foremost, what is normally happening when you experience the activity? Right. And if they say, hey, we're normally sitting in the living room watching TV, this light is on, the kids are upstairs, uh, and this is when it kicks up. We're going to recreate that scene. Yeah, We're not going absolutely. for a creepy atmosphere. We're going to say, okay, do what you normally do when the activity happens. Right. Because we want to see if we can pick it up. Yeah, and a lot of people complain about that. I have to say, a lot of people complain about that. They on do. the comments on YouTube. Um, you know, a lot of people com- complain and say, there's this dog that's constantly barking in the background. Well, if that dog is constantly barking, you know... Through most of the evening, through most of the activity, you have to say to yourself, well, if that's what's happening during the time when the activity happens, then that's what we need to happen during the time when we're there. Absolutely. And and this is one of the things I have to say that really um, drew me to the team in general, um, because a lot of teams will try to make sure that the client is gone, the house is quiet. They want to make sure that it's ideal conditions for recording some sort of, um, you know, uh, like paranormal activity. And, and in a sense, that's, that's cool because really, you know, you hear the most, most EVPs. Right. When you're right. listening to audio, and I'm the one that usually listens to the audio, I hear the most EVPs when the house is quiet. But at the same time, you have to realize that when you do this enough, 
if we're in a situation where we're trying to get the clients to do exactly what they do on a normal basis when the activity actually occurs, okay, mm-hmm. and I'm listening to the audio, I learn to tune my ear to what the clients sound like, what their dogs sound like, mm-hmm. what everything sounds like on the natural environment. Right. If you hear a direct right? response to your question, uh, you know, if it it's is the dog, the that's going to be paranormal in itself. Yes. <laughs> you know, if the dog's answering your question, that's, that's yeah. something. If the dog can bark and answer it. Yeah. But another thing with asking the client to leave, why we don't do that, is because a lot of times, in a lot of cases, for all we know, whatever's there could be attached to the client because people are haunted, not just places. So if the activity right. is centered around one person and follows one person around right. and they leave, then the spirit is going to leave with, with them. them. Right. So we want to make exactly. sure that the conditions are the way they normally are. Uh, yeah. TV, guys, it's 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 made for entertainment. Right. And these people are, are are chopping it to bits to get ratings. Absolutely. To get people to be scared because people want to be scared when, when they watch this stuff. If you check out our stuff um, and you've seen our stuff before, if you haven't, check it out. It's not to make people scared. It's right. to show people what paranormal investigators actually do. Yeah. And then in our Gas, Scrub, and Ghost series, uh, that's something completely different. Because what we do is some time ago I decided, hey, let's just run a camera during the entire weekend and yeah. show people what life on the road is like. Right. So this is basically like a weekend in the life of a ghost hunter. Yeah. It's what we eat and the antics yeah. and the places we stop in. And people are like, do you work for Sheets? And we're like, no, we just like to eat there <laughs> and, and stop in sheep. there. We're showing what they have, you know? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I could see where people would think we work yeah. for Sheets because we really do love Sheets. I sheets mean, is a good place. Oh. Yeah. oh. If I you don't have, have a Sheets in your area and you ever happen to be in an area that has a Sheets. east. Travel <laughs> east, northeast towards the yes. Sheets because they're from Pennsylvania and they bleed down into Virginia and all the way yeah. down to North Carolina. Not sure if they go much Sheets farther than that. Amazing, yeah. Uh, we, sh- I, I actually wrote to Sheep's Corporation because we don't have one in our local area. Okay, we live in the small town, and um, the small town does not have a Sheets in it. And I, the closest one I have to say is probably what an hour and twenty-five minutes away, at least. And I wrote to the Sheets and I said, please, 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 put one in our area, right? Mm-hmm. And they were like, no, we're not doing that. Not doing that. <laughs> <laughs> but despite the fact that they refused to put one on our area, we will still travel either an hour and 25 minutes north to the most scariest sheets you would ever want to visit in mm-hmm. your life, right? Mm-hmm. Crime, sort of scary. Like they have a, a security guard that, that mans this place 24-7. Right. Or you can travel out to Richmond, in southern Richmond, in, in an area called Ch- Chesterfield, well, like they have a pretty good one up right out there, right? But Sheets is one of those places that you have to experience at least once in your life. Once you experience it, it's going to be one of those places where you want to experience it more than once <laughs> because they have um, sh- like deep fried cheese bites, right? Yes, like with these little, cheese bites. Oh, my God. Those are pretty good, yeah. Build your own burger. You can put jalapeno poppers and anything else you can think of on that burger. Oh, they've got some. 
build your own burgers. Yes. The build your own burger thing is yes. amazing. Like, but, but we are not promoting them. We're not sponsored by them by yeah. any means. We're just saying it's it's some good eating. Now I have to say their coffee is not the best. I like their coffee. <laughs> I do like their coffee. Pilot, now, Pilot has, has the has best the, coffee on the interstate. Oh, yes. Pilot. Pilot. <laughs> but we're going to go off on a tangent here if we start talking about gas scrubbing ghosts. Yeah. Uh, but definitely check it out. Uh, yeah. You know, and, and I want to thank you all for joining us on this podcast. If you're listening at work or, yes. you know, during your busy week, we hope that you have a good week. And, and we want to thank you for tuning in and thank you for your support. And uh, if you're someone that does watch us, our videos regularly, uh, we appreciate that. We'll be back Absolutely. every week uh, for the question of the week. And some more paranormal banter yes. here on the Paranormal Pub Table Podcast, where we talk about the paranormal and at a pub table. table. Until next time, I'm Jeff. And I'm Linda. And I want to thank you for watching. And as our motto goes, remember, there is much more to see in, in the, the dark. dark.